Hey, everybody. Good at this point, Friday morning from the uh, Memorial Stadium press box. Gabe DeArmond and Gerard Hamilton here on the 573tees.com postgame show. We are going to do this after every Missouri game. Uh, first thing we're going to do after postgame interviews is jump on. 15, 20 minutes with you guys. Give We'll give our initial impressions. We'll take some some questions, some comments if you guys have them. Um, feel free to throw them up there. I know this was scheduled for 11 o'clock. Look, it's 12, 11 because that's when we got back here. Uh, before we get to uh, Gerard and, and talking about this game, I do want to tell you guys about 573Ts. You see their logo up there just to the left of Gerard on the screen, 573Ts.com. They can do custom orders. You can order one T-shirt from from them and they can, they can print it. They can do bulk orders. They do a lot of NIL things with Missouri athletes. They have pre-made collections. If, if, if you want to get some of their Mizzou stuff, some of their Columbia stuff, great partner of ours for the last couple of years. They're going to bring this post-game show to you every single normally Saturday night. This is Thursday night now, Friday morning. But uh, just real quick, Gerard, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start with, I mean, Missouri, a 52-17 winner. Give me kind of your uh, your initial takeaways. You know, what, what was – kind of the the thing you most get out of this game the defense won this game the defense won this game they were the mvps of this game obviously missouri put up 52 points so when you see that you're thinking although seven of those points came from a pick six you're thinking you know missouri played well offensively but they struggled a little bit in the first first quarter as they try to try to understand the offense or they try to understand what Louisiana Tech's defense was doing. But I just felt like that defensive line, they had a lot of pressure. I mean, the transfers were doing well. Christian uh, Williams, Josh Landry, all these guys that were doing well. McGuire and uh, Jeff Cole pushing that pocket, getting sacks and things of that nature. A couple tip passes by the D-line that led to interceptions. So my first thing is this defense, if they can, can – Continue this, and we know it's La Tech, and it's not the you know the biggest or hardest program. But they can take continue to do this. You know they're setting themselves up for success as a team. Yeah, like it, you want to caution everybody, right? This is Louisiana Tech, but hey, we both picked Missouri to not cover the spread. I picked Missouri 34-21. 52-17 is 52-17. A five touchdown win against a team that you were favored by nineteen points. Like look, uh, I'm not saying like you said that one doesn't really count but uh but you know i mean that that can't be taken too lightly now i'm not saying we change our minds and say hey this is a nine and three football team off tonight but you know uh impressive but uh, you mentioned the defense i think that's the takeaway too i mean to me best player on the field was tyron hopper I, I don't really think there was was much question best player either side of the ball that i saw was the transfer from florida I mean, sideline to sideline, dropping back in coverages, making hit sticks like this is Madden or whatever. He was everywhere on this field. He, I think he led the team in tackles with six, but just in the first half alone, five tackles, a tackle for loss, a sack, an interception. I mean, he, he was everywhere on the field. I just remember every two seconds that we'd be like, you know, who's that? It's, it's, it's little hop again. It was always over and happened. over and over. It's always little hop. So he definitely stood out. Yeah. Um, you know, Joseph Charleston, I mean, had an interception, could have had two. Um, you know, had, had one nullified. I thought Drayden Norwood played a pretty good game. But we were talking late second quarter. It seemed like kind of everybody made a play, right? I mean, everybody that was out there at one time, you said, hey, nice play there. And it just it just didn't look like last year's defense. Uh, they looked like they knew where they were supposed to be. They were aggressive. They were getting <laughs> after things. And, hey, they did have – now, look. 
the 75 yard touchdown pass and the 54 yard touchdown pass do count. So it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Uh, but I also said to you, I don't think Blake Baker, you can't really ask for him to draw up a better, like a better defensive scheme, you know, on this day, as far as facing La Tech. I mean, two big play touchdowns and then the, you know, the last touchdown versus the third stringers. I'm not really going to count that towards anybody with 50 seconds left, but I think Blake Baker, you can say he's the MVP of this game because the blitz packages they had set up, you know, it just felt like every time they blitzed five or six, it was at the right time and it made an impact. It, it hurried Downing up and he either threw the ball away, got sacked. Or there was something negative that came out of it. And I just feel like overall the scheme fits the personnel. Like last year, just based off looking at it, like having Martez Manuel closer to the box, that just seems like where he should be at. And it just worked out yeah. well today. Yeah, I thought Dalen Carnell played well in that star yeah. role, backing up, yeah. uh, you know, Chris Abrams drain made the plays when he needed to. DJ Jackson had a phenomenal pass breakup. Uh, Jalen Carley's, and look, I've been saying this for two years because I had his coaches tell me his freshman year, Jalen Carley's going to play NFL football. That kid's going to play on Sundays. He, he, he's solid. He is, he's definitely solid. I mean, he just seems to be make, always making a play. That's what it feels like. Yeah, so, uh, so defensively, certainly – I think just about everything you could ask for. Now, offensively, I, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Missouri ran for 328 yards, but I, I didn't – like that didn't seem like a dominant running game to me. Did it to you? No. Uh, and, again, this is where you got to wrap it back around to context of, you know, Louisiana Tech, especially when you when they get those early scores up there. You know, you're trying to run the clock a little bit, so there's probably some added yards to that. I think, I think why it doesn't feel like a 300-yard game is because – they just they had plays like they had a turnover on downs and they were shocked they were short you know they didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage on that play they had a lot of plays where they were running up the gut it was just seemed so obvious and telegraphed that they're gonna run you know this inside zone or this outside zone and that's more so play calling but even then still they, yeah. it wasn't perfect. Well well, and think about that. They put up 52 points. They failed on fourth and two, and they had two turnovers inside the 15-yard line. I mean, right. it, you know, so that, that tells you um, that they still did a lot right. Breakfast came of Loyola, who's going to have trouble being up for breakfast, as as are you and I here in about five hours, but uh, says, uh, I'm not sold on any part of the offense except the receivers. I, I think that's fair. Now, let's say, look, I thought Brady Cook did what he was asked to do, right? He had – I made this comment to you during the game. I think there was a little bit of part of that first half that maybe looked like a guy who was calling plays when he wasn't sure yet if he trusted his quarterback. Now, I think he is gaining more trust and will gain trust in, in Brady Cook as he goes along. But you hate to throw the game manager tab out there. But I don't think this is a team that is going to say we are going to rely on our quarterback to win us all these games, right? I mean, he has to be a part of it, but I don't think they're going to go out there and just ask Brady Cook to throw the ball all over the field and throw for 400 yards and, and beat him. And, and like Jared said, Brady was fine. I would say he was a little better than fine, but he, he was solid. He was what you needed him to be. Yeah, that's that's the word I, I would use for him. He was solid. I mean – he, he made the plays he needed to make the, he, you know, at first though, we was talking about how early on, like when you talked about trusting him, 
a lot, especially in that first half. We've seen, you know, jet sweeps and stuff behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of bubble screens, things like that. So you can kind of see, like, at first I'm thinking they're just trying to get a rhythm, but they were doing that for quite a while. So it seemed a little bit, you know, off in that respect. I did notice the reason why he was solid and not great despite putting up 52 points is there were some passes where he threw behind the receiver. There were some passes where he, where he underthrew. Even he mentioned he underthrew Burden on that uh, on that nine route, you know, early on in the game. So there were some plays like that, and then obviously the interception where I think personally he had too much mustard on it. Burden should have caught, you know, he's still yeah. you're open like that, you're running your shot, you got to catch that. But at the same time, you know, he's four or five yards away. I don't think you need to put that much zip on the ball right there. And he knows he needs to work on it, and we don't want to put the game manager tab, tab on it. But it, that's what it feels like, though. You just that's what he needs. Mm-hmm. And and look. There are going to be games where they're going to have to ask more of him. This wasn't one of them. Uh, Matt says, why is he giving me post-traumatic Basilac syndrome? Here's the biggest difference. That 20-yard touchdown run was nice. He had another play, too, where he spun out of trouble, looked like maybe he was going to run, then he hit – I don't know. I think it was Dove, but I'm yeah, not sure. I think somebody... it was Toski, you know, and then, then the next play after Toski had that stretch, that stretching catch. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the, the legs, the feet, they add something to this offense that it didn't have last year. When you consider the offensive line, I think probably today of maybe the tight end group, but that offensive line, it looked shaky. I know they ran for 300 yards. They put over 500 total oh, yeah. yards of offense, but the, but the pass protection and sometimes it just seemed kind of, kind of off a little bit, but you know, if this was just a pocket quarterback, you know, there's probably a lot more sacks. So the mm-hmm. fact that he can get that 20 yard scamper off and, and and he's doing the, the the option plays and taking it himself. Like he's a he's a really tough kid and he's more athletic than people probably give him credit for. Yeah, and P. Richard says you're not winning SEC games with your QB throwing 200, 200 dump downs. I mean, you can, right? I mean, you can. Now again, there are going to be times he has to do more. But like the Brady Cook we saw tonight, that guy can win six or seven games. Can he win nine? No, I don't think so. But he can win six or seven games. Um, so Stewart brings up a point. Missed tipped catches were worrisome, yet they still don't seem to throw down the field. So let me say, first of all, I, I only really remember one drop, and that was Luther's that turned into an interception. Do, do you remember any more than that? Maybe, maybe, maybe Love, Love it or Cooper or somebody maybe drop something in smoke. I, I can't really, yeah, that's the, yeah. my thing more so was, uh, that and the throw to Pete that had that pass interference or whatever they said, and they took it back, the targeting oh, thing. To, I to thought, love I thought, it. That was love it, yeah. No, I thought that was to Pete, though, out the backfield. Oh, the, targeting. the yeah, targeting. Yeah, the targeting right. thing, yeah. and they took it back. I thought that was a, a bad pass because we noted, like, Pete needs to get his head around faster for that because he was open for a first down easily. But when you realize he's not paying attention, at that point you don't throw it to him because either it's an interception or you're setting him up to get hit, you know, kind of hard, so – And the thing is, too, the grading scale cannot be perfection, right? Right. Dropped passes are going to happen. Bad throws are going to happen. Now, you have to limit them. If you have two drops in a game, so be it. Now, if you have a team that drops six balls every game, that's a problem. Um, But as far as not throwing downfield, there were four deep shots to Luther Burton. The first one, Brady Cook said he underthrew. No question, he did underthrow. The second one resulted uh, in... What was, I mean, it, like Gerard almost out of his seat because we thought Luther went out and, and Spider-Man one-handed a, a ball on the sideline. If you guys, if anybody here has ever played ESPN NFL 2K5 and Terrell Owens is stretched out on the cover, one hand looked like he's like Michael Jordan or whatever, but he's got his hand stretched out. It looked exactly, I thought he was going to full body extension grab the ball and he almost came down with it. But, I mean, 
in a way, is like you want them to take deep shots, but they really didn't have to too much. You pick your spots where you need to. Right, and and you're not going to take 12 a game. I mean, the third one to Luther drew a pass interference, and I don't know, Brady said he threw another one. I didn't remember it offhand. But, you know, I mean, they took a few. Um, you don't – look, if you run for 328 yards and you're completing the short stuff, and here's the other thing, and this is this is obviously going to predate your knowledge, Gerard, but, like, I watched Chase Daniels' offenses here. And there's this idea that, like, he was throwing the ball 50 yards downfield. You know what Chase Daniel had? He had Jeremy Macklin who could take a five-yard pass and make it a 60-yard play. You know what Brady Cook has? He has at least one guy that can do that, and he might have two or three because I will say he wasn't the best player on the field tonight, but I think the play that everybody is going to remember from this game is a pass completed to Luther Burden at the seven-yard line, and there are four dudes between him and the goal line and somehow he scored. Like, that's the play I'm going to remember. That's the play I'm writing my column about. Definitely. Because when you see it go to the flat, the first thing you're thinking is, uh, I don't know, because there was a couple times where they threw the ball out. I think uh, I'm not going to maybe to start the second half or something, but he threw he threw the ball to Burden on a screen pass, and it got ate up real quickly. So when that play is happening and you see the defenders closing in, you're just like, wow. But then he breaks one, and you're just like, oh, okay, it's not a loss. Then he gets in the end zone, and you're just thinking, like, man, this guy, he's different. He's different. So he's different. Cook needs to use him to his advantage, and whenever Drink decides to put him on kick return and punt return will just be a bonus. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I thought that was going to happen at some point. Jim says, how often do you see him uh, taking snaps and can he pass? Only kidding. Look, I 100% promise at some point Luther Burton is throwing a pass out of that. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be next week, but they're going to put him back there and he's going to hand off and he's going to run and he's going to hand off and he's going to run. And then all of a sudden he's going to throw a pass at some point this season. You know, it's coming. I mean, there is, you have to set it up that way. This is now on film now. So they right. see that, you know, K-State sees this and they've got to, they've got to prepare for, for all types of options. I even joked that, you know, he's, he's, he's third strength. He, he may have moved up third string on, on the QB depth chart. So, no, nah, yeah. definitely we're, we're, we're trying to see. We're going to see, you know, what happens. But that's a great way. Like when I seen the Wildcat, I was like, that's a great way to get in the ball because we were just saying do the wide receiver screens things. But that's even better. Straight to him. Right. Yeah. Like Drinkwood said, I like the Wildcat because I don't have to even worry about throwing the ball to him. He just has it. I mean, it, football is not that hard. Get the ball in the hands of the guys that can make the plays. Duke can make some plays, no question. Cameron says, could Horn not have done what Cook did tonight? Look, man, we ain't starting a quarterback controversy after a 52-24 win. I, I get that Sam Horn has four stars, and I get he's your shiny toy. Brady Cook was fine, man. Like, Sam Horn, I I don't know if he would have been worse, but I don't think he would have been better. I, I just And look, Jack Abraham went out there and led a scoring drive. Sam Horn's not the backup quarterback, guys. He's the third-string quarterback on this team. And you're probably ideally going to have to wait till next year to see him play much. I, I mean, I don't know. You you disagree with that at all? No, I agree with everything. I was about to say, I mean, Jack Abraham led the second unit, but you made a good point. There's no point in, you know, wasting one of those games. You know, you only get four before you burn the red shirt. There's no point in, in you know, wasting one of his games in this type of game. So I think Brady could play well enough that Miller was here in the spring. I could be wrong. Those were the only two true freshmen I know I saw on the field were Luther Burden and Makai Miller. I, I'm not sure I saw anybody else out there. I don't know that I can think of. 
Uh, Justin wants to know if Mookie Cooper had a catch. He did not. And and look, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there will be times he will get one. There will be days Bannister has fewer or Lovett has fewer or whatever. Uh, he didn't catch a ball tonight. Um, G2 South is asking if Elijah Young's in the doghouse. <laughs> look, I, I continue to think Elijah Young does really well when he gets the chance. He just continues not to get that many chances. He's pretty clearly third on the depth chart here. But, but I want to talk about that real quick because we talked about this during the game. Who's Missouri's best running back? It's Nathaniel Pete. It's Nathaniel Pete. I yeah. I thought at halftime I thought it was Elijah Young, but it's Nate Pete. Um, and look, I don't know how close to 100 percent he is. He looked pretty healthy to me tonight, but he's the best running back on this team. And Cody Schrader had 17 carries, and Nate Pete had eight. Next week at Kansas State, that number needs to be flipped. It does. It does. Now I want to know. I kind of like maybe still working him up. So maybe not flip completely, but, you know, take about four carries away from Schrader, add them to Pete or something like that. Because if he still does have a, a soft tissue injury, you know, you don't want to give him a little too much because you, if it's his hammy goes out, that's now we're three, four games missed. So still work him up. I like the kind of the two, the two man game they got going down there and Schrader held his own. He did hold yeah. his own. He, he did what he needed to do, but Nathaniel Pete looks like, you know, a few games he'll be he'll be the bell cow because schrader averaged four yards a carry pete averaged nine that's not the whole story but against an sec defense or against kansas state's defense next week cody schrader might get you six but he can't get you 60. nate pete maybe can get you 60. Uh, like i i said at one point like from you know the press box it looks like ah oh, man he's, he's doing that outside run it looks like pete's gonna get tracked down and then he just burst by them still like he's faster than I expected. And, and this is after his soft tissue injury thing or whatever. He didn't really practice that much during fall camp. So, so, so he looked pretty spry out there to me. So, uh, all right, we got one more question that we have to get to, because I think it's the most important question of the night. Thoughts on the new third down song. Long, long live Timmy Trumpet. It's the best thing Missouri has ever done at a football game. I love it. What do you think? And it was I felt like. I feel like I've heard some some better songs, but it, I didn't hate it. I was just like, oh, but, but like, okay. but I mean, you've seen the intro of the Mets closer that it comes from, right? The Mets closer, the Mets closer. That's what it comes from. He enters the game to this song. That song, it's the most amazing intro in in, in baseball oh. when he comes in the game. It's awesome. I got got to see who this is. Yeah, so you got to look that up. I love the song. It's way better than that third down for what that every team played for like six years, eight thousand times. Solid move there on Desiree Reed Francois's deal. Um, Look, I thought the atmosphere was pretty good. There were out of town scores running up on the on the scoreboard. I mean, they announced forty seven thousand. I'll be honest, I thought it was. I thought it seemed like more than that. The hill was full. I I thought they were probably going to announce over fifty, but. Look, I'm, I'm not going to nitpick on on a number. Um, if the team plays like that a couple more times, they'll get some people in here. That's winning. Winning cures everything. So they win, more people will come. But it, it definitely did look like it was more toward you know, it was about 50 or, or whatever. But I don't think it's a bad start, you know, for the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, guys, this is this is kind of how we're going to do this uh, after games this season. And at least for the first month, Gerard and I are both going to be covering them. So the first thing we're going to do after post-game interviews is come back up, set up our stuff, and and do a quick uh, a quick podcast for you. It'll be 20, 30 minutes long usually because the truth is we've got more work to do. And it is uh, – I mean, Gerard, this is what you envision 
everything it would be, right? 1230 sitting in an empty press box just starting to write. That's what you were hoping for? Well, I, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, I only live about a mile away, and, and this isn't too far off from high school. So when I remember when we first started talking about this job, I was just thinking, little does he know I have to do this all the time, driving an hour home after the game ends at 10 o'clock and then starting my work and all this other stuff. So this is nothing abnormal to me. Yeah, but uh, but seriously, though, we've had 150 people on here most of the time. Appreciate you guys sticking up with us till 1230 in the morning. You know, uh, hey, you're, you're coming off a win. Uh, probably pretty happy about things, but but do appreciate you guys taking some time to, to stop by here and and hang out with us and, and do want to make sure that we shout out 573 T's one more time. You can go to their physical location. It's in Alley A, downtown Columbia. But if you want to shop online, just go to 573T's.com. That's the address right there. Their logo's up in the upper left-hand corner of the screen they've got all kinds of mizzou stuff all kinds of collections um you know they can custom make shirts they do nil shirts for players you can check out some of the stuff they've got a uh, i was actually down there picking up some some power mizzou gear the other day they've got power mizzou gear on their site but uh uh, we were talking about the thicker kicker gear. That's one of their hottest sellers. So anything you want, 573TES.com. The guys there are great. They'll do bulk orders. They can do small orders, but, uh, but I mean, they can they can get you guys just tons of stuff and, and really would encourage you to check them out and, and appreciate them partnering with us on this. So we'll, we'll just wrap here, Gerard. Uh, did you see anything tonight that, that makes you, like, reassess what you think of the season? No, I, but I will say the the plus is we were thinking this was going to be closer, and the fact that they handled business how they should have been when the schedule come, came out and how people thought, oh, they should walk over that team, they did that. I, I think it's impressive to get a statement win. I said that, I forgot what article it was, but those four victories that we think are going to be easy ones, they need to make them statement wins and get that confidence going. Yeah, I'll say this. It, I didn't see enough to like change my record prediction. But that defense looked better than I thought it was going to look in week one. And that's Definitely. a good thing. And that D-line depth, it's serious. I feel like it, it's, it can be serious, you know, early on. I think they can really compete in this league, to be honest. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're about to get to work. Uh, we will have plenty of stuff up on the site. Um, appreciate, once again, you guys hanging out with us after the game. Uh, we don't take it lightly. I mean, it is. It's it's 1235 in the morning, and you guys all could be having better things to do, although, as uh, as ATO said, he's in the awake drunk stage. So, hey, whatever it takes to, to hang out with us, we appreciate it. But uh, thanks, guys, for, for hanging. Thanks, 573Ts, for being a part of it. We will have plenty of stories coming on the site a uh, couple tonight couple set to go at 5 a.m. tomorrow and then we will have coverage throughout the day we got snap counts and and all kinds of stuff tomorrow and full weekend of college football and we get to sit around and watch it so uh all right thanks Gerard thanks to you guys for watching and we'll catch you next time see you guys